All right. Well, let me ask you this morning, what do you like after a very long and busy day? What do you like? Uh, I had a few of those this, those this week. Michelle, my wife, was away for three nights, and so it was just me and the kids. Usually it's two adults versus three kids, but this week it was one versus three. And so there's so many things that I didn't realise you have to remember and you have to do. Crazy mornings, lunches, uniforms, the school drop-off, then to work for a normal day, then pick them up and homework and dinner and bedtime. You're supposed to feel sorry for me now. Um, whilst trying to keep the house clean and the kids were encouraging towards the end of it. They said, you did a pretty good job, Dad, but we definitely need Mum back. And uh, Mish comes home and she said, well, great job. You, you nailed it. You did a really great job. The house looks tidy. Nothing's too out of place. And so I was feeling pretty proud of myself. But then later on, she was near the boys and she, she says to me, love, did you shower the boys for those four days? And I was like, shower, shower, shower. Did I shower the boys? No, <laughs> I did not shower the boys on any of those four days. Did not cross my mind. And I, I blame it on those long, busy days with too much to do and too much to remember. And so what do you like after a long and busy day? Are you absent-minded? Are you exhausted? Are you easily irritated? Do you have nothing left to give? Because as you see in this text, Jesus here has a few extremely busy days. Everyone wants something of Jesus. There's people with a need for all kinds of help. And Jesus, you see, goes from one thing to the next. But through it, we see more of what Jesus is, is like. We see more of his heart, that he actually had a lot to give. And so I've called my message today, the heart of the healer, the heart of the healer. And the first thing that we see about the heart of the healer is tireless compassion. As I said, Jesus has this really long and busy day. In fact, if you were here with us last week, the day actually started in the text that we looked at last week. You remember that Jesus firstly went into the synagogue and he preached. And he preached with someone, as someone who had power and authority. And then a demon-possessed man stood up and he cast out the demon. And it was quite a Sabbath day for the people. Well, here it's still the same day. And so after the synagogue, the time uh, there that Jesus goes back to Simon and Andrew's house, as we see there in the text. And most likely that was to eat, to actually share in the Sabbath meal, like the Sunday lunch type, type of thing, except it was on Saturday. But they find out that they probably won't be having the Sabbath meal because Simon's mother-in-law is ill with a fever and she probably would have been most likely to prepare the meal. And so they tell Jesus about her. They tell Jesus that she's sick, she's unwell. And the, the verse is worthy of reading again. He came and he took her by the hand and he lifted her up and the fever left her. And there's a few things that kind of strike me about this miracle that Jesus does. One is it's not the most dramatic healing ever, is it? It's just, a, it's just a fever. It's not blindness. It's not lameness. It's not deafness. It's a fever. And the second thing that struck, strikes me about it is this touch of Jesus's hand and the lifting of her up. Because remember last week we saw how Jesus healed? He just spoke his word. And so Jesus could just heal with the power of his word. But here we actually see that he touches her and he lifts her up. And this is telling us something about the nature of Jesus, something about the heart of Jesus, that Jesus' heart is one of compassion. 
In fact, eight times in the Gospel of Mark, do you actually see that Jesus physically touched people? He physically touched them and healed them. And so Jesus isn't just filled with haphazard power. He's filled with tender compassion. Uh, Jesus uh, is, as the prophet Isaiah said about the promised Messiah, he is one who comes and a bruised reed he will not break. So think about a strong reed that stands upright by the riverbank. It's bruised. Isn't this often how we are? We're bent over and bruised. The Messiah comes, he will not break the bruised reed, nor will he snuff out the faintly burning wick. You ever feel like that? The faintly burning wick that's barely able to flicker and flame. Jesus will come and not snuff it out. He is one who comes with tender. He's filled with tender compassion. And so here we see it's already been a long day for Jesus and it's about to get longer because notice in the text after he heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law, it says that after sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed with demons and the whole city gathered at the door of the house and he healed many who were sick with various diseases. Same day. It's been a long day for Jesus. He's continuing to heal and serve these people. Why did Jesus do this? Well, there's at least two reasons. One is to think about it as a theological reason. The many here that Jesus are being healed, they are being healed to show Jesus's comprehensive authority over the kingdom of darkness. The many are healed when the king is present. The the demons, the sicknesses, the illnesses are cast out because Jesus is bringing a greater kingdom, a kingdom of light. When the King is present, He heals the creation that is in bondage to decay. So the kingdom that Jesus brings is greater. But there is also a personal reason. The many here who were sick and oppressed, that grieves the heart of Jesus. It grieves the individuals here, the people, they grieve, they're corrupted in a way that Jesus didn't create this world didn't create it corrupted. He created it perfect. And they're corrupted with the illnesses and diseases and disability. And so here he is personally moved to act for them. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because Jesus knew what was in the heart of people throughout his ministry. We know that. Jesus knew what was in the heart of people. And he knew that many people were just coming to Jesus for their physical needs, for their temporal needs. He knew it was in the heart of everyone. He knows that people's motives aren't always pure and yet He served them with tireless compassion. And this speaks to me very deeply because I know that I don't always come to Jesus with pure motives. I'm sure you don't either. I know how much I fail Him. But what I know about Jesus is that He has tirelessly poured out His grace on me. He continues to tirelessly pour out His grace on me, even in my weakness, even in my brokenness and failure. He has treated me with compassion. He's been tender with me. And that is the heart of the healer. He comes with tireless compassion for broken people. I wonder if you know this kind of Jesus, the one who is tender, who didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. I want to add right here because I think it's relevant and it raises the topic that you may have a sickness in your body, an illness that won't go away. And I want to encourage you with two things here. First is that to please come and ask for the prayer for healing. 
even after the service today, come with faith and ask for the prayer of healing. We ought not to find ourselves with such a cerebral kind of intellectual faith that we do not believe in a God who is active and who doesn't heal anymore. Now, our faith is in a real God. He cares for the fevers. He cares for the lifelong disabilities. And so you can come to our prayer meetings. You can come to our every week on a Sunday and ask for the prayer of healing. You can ask for the elders to come and to pray for you and to lay hands on you because we need to ask for the master's touch, the touch of a compassionate God who cares even for our temporal needs. The second thing I'd say is that we know, because it's obvious throughout history, that God doesn't always heal. But what we do know is the heart of the healer, that he has tireless compassion for the broken. And the great hope, as I was reading, studying this text, I realised for people who suffer from a lifelong disability or an illness, is that the fullness of God's kingdom will bring that to an end. These miracles, they testify to the purity of God's coming kingdom. They are a foretaste of eternal realities where there is no brokenness, there is no disease. And so your perfect new body that you receive at Christ's coming will be a much longer time than the imperfect body that you have now. So see the heart of the healer. He comes with a tight kind of compassion. This is the first thing we see. Secondly, we see that he cares about our eternal destination. Now, this is, as I said, has been a long day. It started in the synagogue. He's preached. He's cast out a demon. He heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Many are healed after sundown. Surely this is justification for a sleep-in the next morning. But from verse 35, we see, no, Jesus' very long day after it, he gets up very early while it's still dark. And he goes out to a desolate place to what? To pray. And this was a mark of Jesus' life and ministry. He got time away from the crowds to go and spend time with his Father. And this is because Jesus was fully God, yet on earth he emptied himself of his power as God. He lived as a man and he needed spiritual refreshment and refueling. He needed strengthening from the Father. He suffered tiredness that comes from busyness. And we need this refueling too. We need times of going out to the desolate place. Time alone to be strengthened by God in His presence. If Jesus needed it, then we too also need it. And we often think that what we need most when we're tired is a holiday, right? Oh, I just need a holiday. That would solve it. But often what cures physical draining and tiredness is actually spiritual refreshment. We need spiritual refreshment. And so Jesus here is praying. He's refueling with his father, but suddenly he gets interrupted. Notice Simon comes and he finds him and he says, where have you been? Everyone's looking for you. You know, we've started out amazing. All these people are coming and there's momentum in the ministry. We can't stop now. We've got to keep going. And uh, it's interesting here that there's this lesson for us who get busy in doing ministry. We're riding on a kind of momentum that doesn't have time to pray. But if you're going to give out widely, then you need to draw in deeply. And this is true of all ministry and everyone's in ministry. All of us are in ministry in some way. You won't be able to give out widely because you won't have much to give unless you're drawing in deeply, unless you're spending time with the Father. We'll crash 
Even Jesus had to draw in deeply with the Father. And so Peter hasn't learned this yet, so he wants to cut Jesus' prayer time short and keep moving. But anyway, Jesus' response to Simon Peter tells us something else about his heart. Because notice what Jesus says. He says, Let us go on to the next towns, that I might preach there also, for that is why I came out. That is why He came. And so Jesus, of course, we see has a heart for temporal needs, but the reason that He came was to preach to save our souls. He cared about their eternal destination. And this is why He came preaching. We saw this a couple of weeks ago, repent and believe. He was speaking to the heart because He wants to save the soul. His heart wasn't just for the people of Capernaum, but He said to Simon, let's go further, let's go wider so that more people may hear the way of salvation and the new kingdom that I bring. And so in a sense, in Jesus' mind, He's thinking to Himself, what good is it if I just heal everyone physically, but spiritually on the inside, they're sick and dying? What good is, is that? The miracles that He performed must go hand in hand with the main reason that He came, which was to save people from eternal punishment. We read about this in 2 Peter 3 verse 9. The Lord is patient toward you, not wishing that any would perish, but that all would reach repentance. That's the heart of the healer. He wants all of us to reach repentance. He comes with a tireless compassion for our temporal needs, of course, but He cares about our eternal destination. Jesus cares where you end up. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's the heart of the healer. That's the heart of God, that we would have eternal life. And that's why He came. And that's why He went far and wide preaching this message. In fact, in John 17, we read the great high priestly prayer. It's a really beautiful prayer. John 17, go and read it. And you can read it as a prayer that Jesus prays on behalf of the world, of the people of the world. And He says, and this is eternal life, that they know you that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is what was on Jesus's heart, that they would know the one true God. And this is why He gave His life on His eternal destination. It's why He called 12 disciples and sent them out to make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. It's why He calls us, the church, to share the good news of the gospel with others. Why? because He cares about our eternal destination. And so He says, let us go to the next towns that I may preach the gospel for that is why I came here. That is why I have come out. And so He cares for our eternal destination. And that is why finally we see in the heart of the healer that He cures the sinful condition. And this is from verse 40 to 45, the account of Jesus touching the leper. Now, this is a beautiful story because to be a leper in that time was the worst kind of diagnosis that you can get, not just because it would be a death sentence, but because while you waited for that, you were basically treated as an outcast in society. You were pushed out to the margins of society because everyone was afraid of the lepers. Leviticus 13 tells us what a leper had to do. It says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. 
His dwelling shall be outside the camp. And so it is basically illegal for this man to approach anyone. It's illegal for anyone to approach him. But he is desperate and he knows that Jesus can heal him. And so he breaks that law in desperation to come to Jesus. And he says, if you will, you can make me clean. If you will, you can make me clean. And again, just as we saw with Peter's, uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law, Jesus touches him. He touches him. And he demonstrates this compassion on the untouchable, somebody who you cannot be near. He comes with compassion to the outcast of society. And the master's touch makes him clean. It's one of the most beautiful pictures of this gospel. The touch of the master's hand makes the unclean clean. Now, leprosy in the Bible is a common symbol of sin. And it's a good one because it describes the nature and the effects of sin because, of course, leprosy covers the whole body. It affects the whole body. It separates you from everyone and it eventually kills you. And this is what sin does too. It's affected your whole person it separates you from God and the wages of sin is death. And so the only way to be cured is to come to Jesus, as we see this man do, who is the only one who can cure the condition. This is the faith that heals and saves, knowing that you are unclean and that Jesus is the one who can make you clean. You know, this is the biggest barrier to salvation today is to believe to, to not believe that you have spiritual leprosy. You imagine going to the doctor because something's wrong with you. And the doctor tells you, I'm sorry to say, but you have a life-threatening disease and you need this treatment. And you hear that news and you say, no doctor, I don't have that. I just have the flu and it will pass. And this is the treatment that I need. Well, who would say that to the doctor? when they was telling you had a life. The truth is many people are saying that to God today. There's nothing really that's wrong with me. I want to organise my own treatment for what's wrong with me. But only Jesus can heal and cure what is wrong with us. And the only way to come to Him is to come to Him and say, if you will, you can make me clean. That's faith. It's actually trusting that Jesus can cure you and heal you of your sin. Now, some people say today, well, I'm not that really bad. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that sinful, so I don't need to come to Him. But then there's another side of it too. And the other side of it is this, that some say, I'm way too bad to come to Him. After everything I've done, they're a person who's filled with shame. There's no way that I could come to Jesus and He would accept me. But both of those ways of coming to Jesus are wrong. Both of them are wrong. Because notice the leper in desperation, he comes to Jesus not caring about any of the laws of society. He's desperate. His heart is desperate. And he says to him, you can make me clean. He believes. He believes you can actually do it. That is saving faith. You can make me clean. To come to Jesus, you have to believe that you aren't too good for Jesus and also that you aren't so bad for Jesus that he cannot cure you. Sam Albury writes this, he says, Jesus' cleanness is a far more powerful contagion than any dirt that we can bring to Him. 
There is always more that's right in Jesus than there is in what's wrong in us. More grace in Him than offence in us. More forgiveness in Him than sin in us. The very worst in us cannot compete with the best in Christ. He can't, we can't sully Him. He can only purify us. However deep our mess goes, His holiness gets deeper. We will never exhaust it. He cures the sinful condition like no other. And this is His heart for the world. This is the heart, for the, his, the heart of the healer. We get to cry, not unclean, unclean. We get to cry clean, clean because I've received the master's touch. It's interesting that Jesus tells this man not to tell anyone that of what he's done. And there's many reasons for that, but the, the man can't keep the mouth, his mouth shut and he goes and tells everyone. What do you make of this? There's an interesting here switch of positions, isn't there, that's taken place because you notice in the text that once this leper who was an outcast of society He's now back on the inside of community, of the community. He doesn't have the disease anymore, and so he's now back in society. He's back in the community. But we see here in the text that Jesus can no longer enter, enter a town. He has to stay on the outside. He becomes the outcast. Isn't this what Jesus has done for us on the cross? That Jesus becomes the outcast so that we might be included? that we might be brought into community. This is the sacrifice of Jesus. This is his heart. This is the extent that he went to, to cure the sinful condition. He takes our place as a sinner and gives us right standing with God. This is the heart of the healer. He comes with tireless compassion. He cares about our eternal destination and he cures our sinful condition. What does that mean for you this morning? It means that there is no reason for any person sitting in the seats today, for you not to come to Christ. There is nothing that is stopping you. Somebody who is weary, somebody who is hurting, somebody who is sick or ill, or somebody this morning who has just realised for the first time their sinful condition. There is nothing that is stopping you from coming to Jesus. He invites you to come to Him in repentance and faith and He will cure your sinful condition and He will make sure of your eternal destination. What about for believers today? You know, because how should we respond to this? Well, I think that the gospel, as it's just come to you now, is always a cause for us to worship. It's always a, a, a cause for us to thank God that I have been touched by the Master. I am healed. I am cleansed. I don't have to go away saying unclean, unclean. I come saying clean, clean. This should fill our hearts with joy and life. But it also should call us to action. See, what do we see in hearts that have been healed by Jesus? I want you to, to, to hear and take this, this moment to heart. There is one response to Jesus' healing that we should look at in closing. When Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, it says that he lifted her up, that the fever left her. And if you're looking at the text this morning, what does it say she did next? She got up and she began to serve him. You see, hearts that have been healed by Jesus, serve Jesus. Hearts that have been healed by Jesus, serve Jesus. They get up and they serve Him. And this is the Christian life. 
The Christian life is one of service like Christ for Christ. How? How do we do this? What is, what's the need? I want to close with something that I read this week by a pastor named Kent Hughes. And he wrote this. He said, I once counselled a lonely man who was not a Christian. And he had no family that cared. And he didn't belong to a church. And he didn't have many friends. And I asked him to describe his loneliness to me. And he said to me this, you know, even though I don't need to, I go and get my hair cut once a week just to have some kind of human touch without any kind of strange misunderstanding from anyone. That's a heartbreaking thought, isn't it? That someone would feel lonely and outcast like that, like the leper would have. I want to ask us this morning, do we have the heart of the healer? Just as Jesus did in his day, there are many people today who are broken, who are desperate, who are cut off from God, who are looking for an interaction that brings hope, life, brings them into a community, brings them into restoration with their maker. Many people, you know them. And our days do get busy, don't they? We get exhausted, we get tired, we become absent-minded and irritated. Aren't you glad that God has grace for us in that? That God is patient for us, even in our tiredness. Our sins are many, His mercy is more. But the more that we receive His grace, we're drawn to serve Him with tireless compassion to not let our busyness and our idolatry make us care less about people's eternity. I don't care. I'm saved. I don't care about them. I don't really have time for them. But we must not forget the power of the master's touch in our own life and so go out to the broken and the hurting in our lives and share the heart of the healer with them that they might be healed. And so we must go even from today, with tireless compassion. Even to those with impure motives. There'll be people around you that bug you, that maybe just come to you for what they can get. But just like Jesus, we have the heart of the healer. We seek to tirelessly serve. And that we would also become people of prayer that deeply care for people's eternal destination. That we might pray that they might know you, Lord. And that we might do that daily. And often go and seek the Father and say, Lord, that this person might come and know you. You might feel a little bit awkward at the moment in your life about going to speak to somebody about that face to face, somebody that's been on your heart. Maybe you could write a letter. You could send them a note. You could tell them you've been on my heart. And I want you to know the most important thing about how Christ touched my life and changed my life. And my hope is for that for you too. I pray that we might grow as people who have the heart of the healer. Let us go and be people who follow in the example of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we see your heart. We see that you are one who came with tireless compassion for sinners one who came with authority and power, showing us and giving us a foretaste of, of eternity. 
Lord, one who came with grace in weakness, one who was grieved by what you saw in the world. We still see it today, Lord. Lord, you're one who came and cared for where we're going to end up. Lord, and you're one who had the power and authority and ability to cure our sinful condition. And so we worship you and praise you. We thank you for your generous, gracious, kind and loving heart toward us, sinners who are broken, desperate need of a saviour. I pray, Lord, for anyone this morning who needs to just call on the name of Jesus in their heart this morning, to call on a saviour, to cure them of their sinful condition. They might even do it in this very moment, to simply reach out in repentance, recognising you're a sinner, that you're in need of grace, that Jesus did die on the cross for you and that He can and that He will save. And I pray that someone today might even just reach out and believe and know that they have eternal life today. And Lord Jesus, for those who have with hearts that have been healed. We've received much of your grace. Lord, I pray that we might get up and serve. That we might serve our Saviour with conviction, with joy, with focus. That we might serve others with compassion. Lord, we're weak. We get tired. Our focus becomes about everything else. Lord, help us to take our eyes off ourselves and to serve others. Tirelessly serve. Give us the heart of the healer, Lord. That other people might come and experience what we have. Oh Lord, I believe that, Lord, your spirit is going to have to come and work in our hearts, Lord. Lord, today, this week, this season of time in our church, Lord, Your Spirit is going to have to come and work and move in our hearts as we seek to obey You, Lord. But Lord, if we want to be a church, a community that's welcoming and open and shares the hope that we have in Jesus, goes from this place and is active, Lord, something great and big is going to have to move and shift in our heart, Lord. It's going to have to be a taking of eyes off ourselves, and it's going to have to be looking to Christ. It's going to have to be seeing that Christ is all, that He is the purpose of our life. It's going to require a shift, Lord. And I pray that You might pour out Your Spirit, pour out Your grace on us to respond, to get up and serve You, Lord. To love You, to make You first in our lives again. Lord, I pray, I ask this, Lord, I ask this in my own life, that you would give me the heart of the healer. Lord, that you would give it to us as a church, that people would know this community of a place of healing, a place where people come and know Jesus and are healed. I pray that, Lord, and ask that, Lord, as we seek to step out and obey you and serve you. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together. We're going to sing of this great truth. We're going to sing that our sins are many, but His mercy is more. We will never exhaust the grace of the Lord Jesus. We'll never exhaust it. His mercy is enough. It's more.